Well, if you have your Bible today, I would encourage you to take it in hand. And I, w- I want to ask you to put your finger uh, in one place so that you can look at the other passage. Romans chapter 6, which is, if you are not familiar with the Bible, it's in the New Testament. Um, hopefully you have a copy or maybe you have an app. Romans chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Both of these books written by the same person, the Apostle Paul. And we've come today to identify with Christ. And this is a place where we as a church get to participate in the message. And we have an opportunity to not only remember, but to reflect on what God has done for us. And I'm reminded, uh, I, I am no artist. My daughter, Emily, is an architect. So I've got some artistic people in my family. But I had read recently an article that at a Christie's auction about two years ago, a Leonardo da Vinci portrait of Christ painted around 1500 called Salvador Mundi, which means, that's Latin for Savior of the World. It sold at auction to a personal investor for $450 million, making it the most expensive piece of portrait art ever sold at auction and held privately. Here is that portrait of Christ in Renaissance clothing, all right, holding a non-reflective glass orb or crystal orb. And this piece of art is considered a masterpiece, truly much better than my ability to fully appreciate. You can see a digital image of it online, but you're likely never to see it fully up close, personally, live. But not so today. Today you're going to see a portrait of Christ. It will cost you nothing. But it cost our Savior everything. The Father God emptied heaven of its greatest treasure and sent him to us to pursue us as we were treasured, to pursue and redeem sinners. And he came for the rebellious, he came for the indifferent, he came for the confused. And on any given Sunday in this room, you may know what it's like to be rebellious, indifferent, and confused. You also might be that other type of person that's all of that, plus you're hurting. You're looking for answers. My prayer today, our prayer as a church is that you today will witness and see the reason for our hope. How a personal relationship with Jesus Christ changes everything. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you bring, no matter what pain you carry, Christ in you brings new life and new hope. And last Sunday we celebrated in grand fashion the reality of the empty tomb. The exclamation point of God's redemptive plan for our lives, which includes the brutal crucifixion 
crucifixion of the Son of God, which when we would see it portrayed in art or in film, it actually could never, ever do it justice. You may not know this, but some have even attributed Tertullian, who is an early historian, that he gave an account recording that when the mother of Jesus, Mary, came to Golgotha, she saw there at Calvary three hanging, and she asked, which one is my son? Because he was beaten and bloodied beyond her recognition. And on Easter, we remember that that moment where he was beyond recognition is not the end. And on Easter, we remember that not only was it not the end for him, it's not the end for us. Because the tomb is empty, Christ defeated death and now lives and intercedes on our behalf in the throne room of God, seated. And seated only because the full work of God's redemptive plan for you to bring you into right relationship is done and finished. All we ever now need to know is the love and the acceptance of God. And so as followers of Christ, Grace Fellowship, we remember by observing two ordained practices that Christ gives us. Communion and baptism. And it's rare we get to do these things together, but today we do. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gave instructions about communion, and he told us at the end, he said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And in baptism, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, he tells us, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we might too walk in newness of life. Here is what we must not miss as we get to do this together today, as we observe these ordinances. By participating in them, you and I get to paint a portrait. But it's not a portrait on canvas or on paper that hangs in a private collector's room. But rather our participation in communion and baptism are living portraits of our identity with Jesus Christ. And you and I, plus around the world, tens of thousands beyond number, paint this picture daily as we are sent into the world as living portraits of our identity with Christ. And we are to tell the world of our hope that is in Him and in no other place. Hope now for life now, but life now is not the full measure of you. There is eternity, and in Christ you have eternal life. And we must never forget that salvation or the practice of baptism or communion is not just about this moment. It is about this moment and remembering, but it is 
pointing us forward that there is a day where we are going to know perfection, the completion of God's redemptive plan in our life, and we need not fear death. Next week, we're going to begin a series of messages on the book of Acts. And right now, I'm going to ask our servers to go ahead and come as we're going to be begin to prepare to observe communion. And as I said, next, next week, we're going to begin this series on the book of Acts. The early church, they were a ragtag bunch of disciples that witnessed the death and the resurrected Jesus. But even a cursory look at history shows that out of this remote place in the world in the Middle East, about 2,000 years ago, something remarkable began to happen. This group of people became the church. And as Jesus went up, his spirit came down, and the world began to be impacted by these people. In fact, out of this ragtag bunch, not only was it impacted, but the world began to be turned upside down. We, the church, will do today the very things that they did then. Baptize and remember at the Lord's table. If you are not a believer, we are so grateful that you're here. But we want you to know that what we're doing today points Christians back to the reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. But as the elements come by, I want to ask you, there's, there's nothing special about the bread or the cup if you're not a believer. But for believers, for Christians, these are important symbols as we remember the body of Christ given for us and his blood that was shed for our sins. Paul gives us instructions for us to examine ourselves so that we don't take the elements in an unworthy manner. So as the elements are passed, I'm going to ask you as Christians to do what Paul said, and that is examine yourself. It's a time to think about your walk with Christ. It's a time to reflect and confess sin. It's a time that we give attention to the reality that Christ died for us. And our participation with him, we remember. Before Christ died, the night before, he had his closest followers with him. That first Lord's table. They were alone. The shadows... Christ was facing they could not understand betrayal was in the room for him and what he was facing was growing long but on that night Christ took bread and it says that after he gave thanks he broke it and he said this is my body broken for you so let's thank God together 
Lord, thank you for the body of Jesus. Lord, thank you for the church, the body of Christ. We remember today how you gave yourself for us. In Christ's name. After the bread, Christ gave them a cup, and he told them to drink of it. Christ was about to drink the wrath of God for us, standing between us being eternally condemned or he paying full penalty for us, which he did. He absorbed God's wrath so that you and I might be identified with Christ. Become children of God. This we drink today in remembrance of Him. Again, looking at the scriptures that Paul penned for us in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. If you have that text with you, I'd like to invite you to look at what he tells us about baptism. One verse, but there's much here. Romans 6, 3, do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now this phrase, baptized into, in the most literal translations, if you look in the NASB or in the original Greek, this is the construction. Baptized into, it occurs but five times in the New Testament in four different verses. And in the most literal sense, it means that we were, and we were to be publicly identified with. It means to be placed into something. And so those places are into Christ, into his death, into Moses, and into one body. And it means to be publicly identified with the thing you are being baptized into. The focus is not on the baptism itself, but on the thing that the baptism represents. And sometimes, as Christians, we can forget this. In the case of Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, being baptized into Christ is a public identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And just as he died and was buried and resurrected, you too, if you have trusted Christ, will die. You will pass and you will be resurrected. But the reality is that when you trust Christ... Your old life died with him. You are identified with him. And it's a picture of dying with Christ. See, there's no Bible actually for what some of us have grown up believing. That faith is 
this ascent, mental ascent to the reality that Jesus was the Son of God. And if you trust Him and you believe in that, you believe that He was the Son of God, yes, He died on the cross, yes, He was resurrected, that all is right. But baptism actually shows us that a full focus of a biblical Christianity is that when you trust Christ, you are identifying with Him. That you, your old life died with Him and in Him. And as He can't, comes out of the grave, you too come alive to walk in newness of life. Not literally in the baptismal waters, but figuratively. See, this baptism symbolizes your old life. And into Christ you go and you identify with him. As he died your old life, before Christ died with him. And you raised to walk a new life. See, we were buried by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised to the glory of the Father, we might too walk in new life. This is why I say to you, as a per, if you are a person that says, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to understand that baptism, though it is symbolic, should never be tre- treated as merely another thing. It is a key step of obedience in Christ. Because you are saying... I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I died with him and I'm raised to walk in new life in him. So it never should be pushed to the margins of just one of those things that you do. It's a portrait. Not just a snapshot. It's a celebration of the priceless priceless reality of Christ dying for you and you becoming new. Alive. A living, breathing, eternal, life-possessing Christian. And you're going to hear people today who are going to be baptized who are making that public declaration of their faith. They are identifying with Jesus. And their, their life will no longer be, if you will, will no longer be a comic strip that fades in an old newspaper. Their life will not be An Elvis rug that's sold at a flea market. But a priceless portrait of new life. That the master continues to paint. And with Christ, it's just the beginning for the believer. And what has happened to these that you're going to hear about today can happen to you. You you heard us talk about this last week. We talked about the empty tomb. But the the reality is is we know that in, in a room like this, that there's some of you who are wrestling about what you really believe, what you really believe about Jesus. And and you sense that there is hope, but you're just not quite sure where to find it. It is found in Christ Jesus. It is found in your old life. The life that's scarred and hurting, being identified with Christ and Him dying on your behalf and your old life dying with Him. 
and by faith in him and in no, plus nothing else, Christ comes to live inside you. He forgives you of your sins. And not only will you come alive today with new life today, but new life for eternity. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that Christ in you changes not just today, but changes your eternal destiny. For the individual who walks through life today alone, without Christ, you, may, you just simply may not understand the difference that he makes. And, and you're wondering, but you're, you're not quite sure. You're not quite sure about what's Christ going to do to my life. Is he going, is he going to wreck my life? And see, the enemy comes along and tells you that by placing your faith in Christ and surrendering your life to him, that all, every amount of fun that you've known, all, everything that you claim to be uh, what, what life is all about, he's going to wreck, he's going to wreck it. When actually what Christ promises you is a life that's full. That Christ came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. But you're going to make a decision. All of us are going to make a decision. You, you sit under the sound of the gospel you're going to make a decision about what you believe. And what we believe at Grace Fellowship is the elements of the body and the blood of Jesus, which were represented in the bread and the juice today, are absolutely central to what we believe. We believe that Christ bore in his body our sin. And you may be sitting here today knowing what your life, how, it, how it's not right. And you have a sense like you want to know the forgiveness of God. You have a sense that God wants something more in your life than what you're experiencing. I want to, I want to invite you today to not only hear the testimony of all different ages of how Christ has changed their lives, but I want you to know right here today, before you leave this room, right in the seat that you possess, you can come to know Jesus. It is as simple as you saying, Lord, save me. Lord, I place my faith and trust in you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you're alive and you were resurrected for, for my behalf. And I give my life to you. My life belongs to you today. Christ will take total responsibility for bringing you into relationship with him. You can do it right here today. Let's pray. Lord, before we... Before we celebrate those who have trusted Christ, 
how you've given them new life, we right here, right now, remember the moments where we came and trusted you. How you opened our eyes, how you bring forgiveness to our life, and how you, how you come to live inside of us. We ask today, Lord, for individuals who sit in this room who've never believed the truth of the gospel, that today would be the day. That they would hear the difference that Christ is making. And they would see that portrait of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. And today they would trust in Jesus.